Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome back and what's popping? It's the best new fantasy football podcast on the air of the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. Your two favorite friends on with you today. I'm Zay and the co-host with the most football knowledge you know, Young Vander. Holler at the people, man. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we got your news and notes catching you up with the latest and greatest. And then we have your Fantasy Fix AFC North Edition. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, so we have a few things popping off right now. Uh, a few things going on in free agency, few players trying to find jobs, uh, things of that nature. We'll kind of navigate through it all. We'll start with our quarterbacks. Injury information here. One, Mr. Russell Wilson, he's recovering from a knee procedure, uh, some type of orthoscopic surgery on his right knee. Had to clean up some stuff there. He's expected to be healthy for OTAs. Not sure if this had anything to do with any of his issues from last year, but hopefully this type of procedure won't have any lasting injuries. Do you know anything about this type of procedure? Are there normally any ill effects afterwards? I wouldn't say I know a whole lot about it. Um, it seemed like it was something that he was dealing with for a while now. So I just want to get in there and clean it up, but he'll be ready by OTAs. Uh, so I think it's really minor. It's not like a major surgery or anything like that. Your boy, Cam Newton, say he ain't better. He ain't worse than 32 of these randoms around here. Man, like, I don't know, man. Cam is his worst enemy. Like, he don't get it. Once it's passed you by, if you keep your mouth shut, you can have a job for 10 years. But nobody wants to you to be trying to hump down the guy that they just drafted in the top 10 because you think you should still be a starter. I, I feel like if, if he truly wants the NFL job or to attempt to have an NFL job, he's going to have to put his pride on the shelf. Several places he could have went last year that if he had just accepted the backup role, he would have ended up starting before years in anyway. But Cam is back at his antics again. What you got on him? <sighs> um, delusion has really set in on me. <laughs> And I like Cam, don't get it twisted, he's, but he, he's a physical, physical specimen. Of course, he can, you know, when he get in shorts and, and T-shirt, he can sling it around with the best of them. But when it comes to real game time, real game speed, calculating information, throwing the ball with accuracy, because that's really his issue. That part. It's not there anymore. When you build off athleticism, as you get older, your athleticism kind of goes away. You have to really be skilled to stay alone, you know, stay a long time in this league. That's why you see a guy like a Tom Brady play for 70 years because his game was never built on athleticism. A guy like Cam, it was all about athleticism, toughness, running the ball, things like that. But as Father Time catches on, you get older, those things dwindle, and now you really have to just really throw the ball. And that's never really been a strong point of his. 
That's what you're seeing right now. I, I mean, but the thing about it is, though, I, I hear you on that, but it's more to it than that. You got people like Josh Johnson getting a phone call. If Cam would just not be a spectacle, there have been circumstances and situations to where he could have been the first person called. But I kind of feel like people don't feel like he's worth the hassle at this point. Well, I mean, he has that Carmelo Anthony thing going where he hasn't bought into holding a clipboard. Right, right, exactly. And that's the difference between him and a Josh Johnson. Like, Josh is okay with holding the clipboard. I mean, he's exactly, like on this exactly. you're right. that's my 12th, point. 13th team, you know what I mean? Yep. So, but Cam but sees it. as long it. as y'all keep calling me, I'm going to keep coming. But you see the statement he made, right? There's not mm-hmm. 32 exactly. better. Exactly. So that means he, in his mind, he, he feels, there you go. So that's the difference. And it's, it's not going to work. Hey, if that's what you want to shoot for, by all means, continue to go for it. Maybe there's an injury some point in time or something like that, and it works out for you. But it's always a new batch every single year, and you get the year over. To a tongue of Aloha, Miami Dolphins extended him his fifth-year options. It looks like that's the direction they're going to be going in. They were still talking about Lamar Jackson sweepstakes and kind of wondering whether or not Miami would still be interested in that particular move now that it seems that the Baltimore and Lamar marriage may be over. Any update on your prediction as far as Lamar is concerned and also as far as Tua and Miami is concerned, are, are, are they going to run with him and kind of hoping for the best or do you think they got to get an insurance plan i mean i think teams are really like doing this thing you know with these gms and they all working together lamar is just uh he, he just came around at the wrong time i mean to be honest with you i think Deshaun watson thing didn't come along he would have been fine but now with that guaranteed contract these owners are sticking together trying to you know get that type of thinking out of these guys heads especially with guys like you know uh burrow and herbert these guys coming around so right uh i think he just came in you know he came up at the wrong time as far as getting his money the dolphins i mean why this dude is one play away from being a vegetable yes. and i ain't trying to be funny but no for real i mean like, why would you invest documented concussions in one year is yeah i don't we think anyone's had that Nah, I mean, we've seen guys like Austin Collie get out of his league for situations like this where right. you're getting these back-to-back-to-back concussions. And I mean, you know, they exercised the fifth-year option, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't have. Lamar, man, two first-round picks. This is a steal. You don't find an MVP caliber quarterback at this young of an age that can go for this compensation. So this is just Correct. bad business. But I mean, I would definitely be on Lamar train if I was them. I mean, and he's from the South Florida. That, I mean, Exactly. And then maybe you can offer him slightly less since there's no state tax maybe yeah, you know that works out but he, he even he said he never said he want to guarantee you know and the media plays these games as well right yeah because of the whole he don't have an agent he don't have an agent he, i don't understand like what's the big deal there's so many we just had uh the offensive tackle leal collins is that and, uh, uh tunsil and uh larry tunsil my bad larry yeah. tunsil no agent he negotiated yep. that deal himself. $75 I mean, million dollar deal. Right. And this is the second time he got that. And yep. being the age that he is, he's probably going to get another one. It happens. We've seen Sherman. We see other guys do it. But all of a sudden, it's just like this big thing on TV. He don't have an agent. He don't have an agent. Like, we've seen it done before. Now. Just get the deal done. You know what I'm saying? Because this is MVP caliber quarterback. And I think teams are really just it's playing the waiting game right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a few teams pick up some backup quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota linked up with the Eagles. So he has a one-year deal there. Drew Locke has returned to Seattle. So he has a one-year deal there. Gartner Minshew signed with the Colts. I believe he has a one-year deal as well. So several quarterbacks with one-year deals. Anything really matter here at all? Well, obviously barring injury, but I mean. I think the difference eh. is, I think Minshew can actually be a bridge. 
These okay. other guys are okay. gonna hope. These other guys are just there to back up. Of course, Mariota backing up, and of course, Drew Locke. These guys already had their starters. But with the Colts, they're really not sold on us. You know, I think they're gonna grab a rookie. Where they're picking at in this draft, you never know who they're gonna get. So I see a couple mock drafts where they think there's gonna be a run on quarterbacks. Where they're picking fourth, Anthony Richardson, you know, a guy like that, who's kind of a project in a way, I think. I don't think you want to throw him out in the fire day right. one. So a guy like that. yeah, a guy like Minshew could be a bridge until he's ready to I think Minshew actually got an opportunity and a chance to actually start. Dipping on over the running backs, we have Mr. Damian Harris that is now a Buffalo Bill. James Cook has his buddy that's gonna be alongside. As of right now, they're basically saying that this is going to be Harris's job to lose. They're basically going to be working alongside each other. Harris will have basically the same opportunity, a little bit more than what Singletary had. How do you feel about this move? And as far as Harris and Cook are concerned, are we looking at stock up, stock down? Well, it's definitely, I would say stock will remain probably for both guys, to be honest with you, kind of even stock and maybe a little step up for Harris. Because uh, I think he'll maybe get a little more opportunity, him being the bigger back. But I think Cook, you know, a lot of people's having high hopes for him. Maybe they'll give the backfield to him by himself or something like that. Or bring another guy that would clearly be behind him. But this guy came in and leapfrogged. I like Harris. Harris is better than Singletary, in my opinion. Absolutely I, is. I definitely no think, uh, you know, a double-digit touchdown year, I think, this year. He's going to get some great opportunities. But it's tricky, right? Because the best running back on the team could be the quarterback, right? Absolutely. So he's going to vulture a lot of touchdowns as well. Josh uh, Allen has anywhere between eight to ten touchdowns on on, on most years. So there would be a lot more touchdowns going to the running back if he wasn't the quarterback. So, yeah. But I don't don't see Damon Harris getting a ton of carries. Maybe between 12, 13, you know, something like that a game. It would be – very low, but you know he's he's a, he's a tough kid. I like I like his running style. We had Dearness Johnson join the Jacksonville Jaguars, so it's going to be his and ETN's backfield along with Jermichael Haste. How, how do we see this kind of working out? Is it going to be ETN and then Dearness, which is kind of the way I, I would kind of see it going? This could end up being a nice landing spot for Dearness Johnson. Now he he's going to get his opportunity to get some work in much more shallow backfield than what he is coming from from Cleveland. Well, in my opinion, I think he pretty much landed in a similar situation as Cleveland. Uh, to be honest, um, these guys did uh, sign Jermichael Hasty to an extension also in this offseason. I think he's way better than him, though. Could be. But, you know, it's all about following the money, right? I mean, this guy only got a one-year deal. Uh, there's been a lot True. of those floating around. But, of course, ATM, Most of these running backs have gotten one-year deals. Yeah. At about Harris's three million. deal was one year. Yeah. The running back, man, wow. You they know do what I mean? like, dirty, right? Yeah, like, it's, top to bottom, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a new day. You know what I mean? It's a very, it's definitely a new day. I think he's kind of the same position he was in Cleveland. He could be that third string guy, maybe get a couple of carries here and there. But I really think Jermichael would be the backup starting into the season. If injury happens, then Dearness has proven he's a viable. This guy's average over five yards a carry in Cleveland. So he's, he's a solid running back. We got Ronald Jones that linked up with Dallas. So, He's going to be the backup to Tony Pollard, and we don't know if they're going to, you know, do something else in the draft or whatever the case may be. But how do you feel about Ronald Jones? Stock up, stock down. Obviously, you can't go anywhere but up from right, <laughs> from not getting right. any carries. So, right. how do you feel about Ronald Jones going to Dallas? It's kind of surprising that this guy has has his, you know, his issues. Um, C.H. was in front of him. McKinnon was in front of him. The rookie Pacheco. This guy's the fourth running back on the team. I don't want people to get their hopes up thinking, you know, he's going to be this power drive, goal line, 
what's my man name from the Tennessee Titans? He's not gonna be uh, white. Back oh, in the Lindell day. White. He's not Lindell. gonna be. I don't think it'll be Lindell. Thunder you know the Lightning. <laughs> right. I don't think it'll be the Thunder to to Paula's Lightning, but uh, it's a wait and see. You know, what I mean, I, I think the Cowboys are definitely probably bringing a rookie as well. Don't be surprised. I even seen the Bijan. You know, the Bijan uh, talk has been everywhere. I've seen the Patriots name being called as a as an option for Bijan. So I'm like, damn, that doesn't make sense. They just signed a running back. They have a running back. And now they're right. talking about it. So Ronald Jones just may be in the committee, in the rotation. This guy that's standing out getting a ton of carries week to week. With Harris going to Buffalo, we had Devin Singletary ended up heading out of Buffalo into Texas to be a part of the Texans. He got a one-year deal just like all these other guys did. Do we see him being anything more than basically what he's been in Buffalo, but now it'll just be Pierce? Or did his stock go up, go down, not really change at all? I think he just took a lateral move. He's in, the, in another backfield being a one-two punch guy. person stock that took a hit was Damian Pierce, to be honest with you. Uh, mm, okay. Yeah, he took a step back because, again, it looked like it was going to be his backfield by himself. But I guess this new regime doesn't really see him in that in that light, being able to, you know, carry the ball that much. Remember, in college, he was the guy people saying he didn't get a lot of carries. And that's something they want to see in the, in the pros. I think it's a lateral move for uh, the one that takes a hit is uh, Pierce. A running back that didn't get a one-year deal, Miles Sanders is now a Carolina Panther. He has a four-year deal. $25.4 million deal to be a Panther. This is a little bit different. I didn't foresee Sanders ending up in Carolina. Foreman's out of there. So now you have Sanders being the lead guy and he's been talked about as a three down back. So maybe this is when Sanders actually gets utilized the way we've been screaming for Philly to utilize him for forever, which could make him a, a value for sure, possibly a steal as far as fantasy is concerned. He's definitely a, a attractive RB2, possibly RB1, just depending on how things go. How did you like this move for Carolina? And is oh, stock up or stop down for it's, Miles it's, Sanders? It's definitely stock up. I mean, follow the money, right? You see all these guys getting the one-year deal, and this guy get the four-year $25 million deal. So he's the man. This is his, that part. This is his car. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely uh, uh, he's trending up. But it's going to really hinge on how well Carolina's rookie quarterback comes in and how he plays is probably going to be how good this thing is going to be. You know, that good quarterback play would probably make it a little easier. But he's the man. I mean, you know, we don't see a lot of Bell Kyle running backs in this league, but I think you got one here and uh, Miles Sanders moving forward. This is one that definitely surprised me. I didn't think that DeAndre Swift was going to remain in the Lions' plans, but it looks like for now he is. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell indicated at the NFL Combine in early March that Detroit has no plans to give up on Swift. We have a Swift and David Montgomery backfield. Is this going to be a, you know, 1A, 1B based on the fact that Montgomery was one of the only other running backs to not get a one-year deal? I believe he got a three-year, $18 million deal. Do we foresee this being a, a, a 1A, 1B situation or is he going to fit right into that Jamal Williams type of a role or what's going on here? I think it'd be a 1A, 1B situation. That, that deal showing me that Swift is kind of like on the hot seat, if that makes sense. He's been kind of injury uh, riddled so far in his career. If he goes in here and gets another one of those years, they have their running back of the future in Montgomery. But it's definitely going to be a split backfield. Swift, the guy he can catch out the backfield. Probably won't do a lot of rushing, more catching balls in the backfield. And Montgomery probably do more than running the ball, just like they did with Jamal there. I think Montgomery takes a small step back because he goes from the head guy to a shared guy. 
even when he was playing with Herbert, he still got the bulk of the carries. But now it's going to be a little bit more of a split. But I think he'll still get the goal line touches. Now, how do you feel about the Khalil Herbert Foreman situation? Because Deontay Foreman was just brought on. Now, granted, he did have a one-year deal. But from the talks of it and from just about every depth chart that I've been able to find, Foreman is already in front of Herbert. And it looks like Herbert may just continue to have the same role that he's always had, which may be good for him because... You know, he gets nicked up and maybe more carries isn't going to be more productive. And, and maybe the coaching staff kind of sees that. But what do you have there? Well, with a guy like Foreman, um, he's not known for his pass catching prowess, right? So that's probably going to hurt his stock, his stock as far as the PPR format. I think that's what Herbert will come in at. So he's probably going to be a two down back there in Chicago. He's the bigger back. He's going to get his carries, but I think he is the starter. I think he's going to be the man. But Herbert is going to be sprinkled in there, uh, like I said, being more of a pass catcher out of the backfield. Well, let's go ahead and talk about our wide receivers. So we had a trade. Elijah Moore, once a Jet, is now traded to Cleveland. I like this move for Cleveland. I like it for the Jets because their wide receiver room is is becoming kind of crowded. I thought that Elijah Moore might end up getting traded over to Green Bay whenever that trade finalizes, and it still hasn't yet. But how do you feel about Elijah Moore being traded to Cleveland, and are we looking at a stock up, stock down situation? I think it's definitely stock up. The guy was not happy in New York. He wasn't getting any targets in New York. So now he's going to a team where I think he'll fit right in. In my opinion, he jumps right to the number two spot. I think this kind of hurts uh, Peoples Jones. So I think he takes the step back as far as stock. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, but Elijah definitely takes a step up in his stock. Elijah Moore, man, he's a good receiver, man. I think he's going to be on full display in Cleveland. I think you're going to really get to see how good of a uh, receiver he was. But this is a good trade for Cleveland. I like it. I and I mean, it, it was pretty much right on the wall. As far as New York, I mean, you brought in facts, <laughs> uh, Lazard, and then right, uh, and then they brought in McCole Hartman. They brought in McCole Hartman, right? So he got a one year deal, and um, there's a there's gonna be a couple more guys. I mean, Corey Davis will be cut soon, or um, or he may actually end up in being traded. I, I think a couple of guys are gonna end up being traded, and they just are still on the team because their trade hasn't gone down. That's possible, but he won't be on the team. Uh, Corey Davis facts. will be gone, and don't be surprised if a guy like Denzel Mims as well. Won't be on the roster as well once this thing's all said and done. Isaiah McKenzie found a new home in Indy. So there's a third guy. Now you have Pittman, you have Pierce, and now you have McKenzie. So I, I'm taking it that he's still going to be uh, in his slot receiver type of a role there. Nelson Aguilar had a visit with Baltimore, but nothing has been made definitive there. Zach Pascal ended up signing a deal with Arizona. So a lot of these, you know, fringe wide receivers, if you will, to kind of make a moves. Anything move you from this group? No. <laughs> it's a solid. It's okay, Sonny. You know, doesn't I don't think it moves a needle or anything fantasy wise. Definitely not a redraft. Maybe in a dynasty, you can get them, hold them. Maybe if you had a couple big games here and there, move them. Who's the quarterback? You know what I mean? That's what we need to know. You know what I'm saying? Who's gonna be the quarterback up there in Indianapolis? McKenzie, he's cool. He has his games here and there, but this, I don't think it's a huge deal at all. Trent Sherfield ended up landing a one-year deal in Buffalo. Robert Woods is now a Texan. Brandon Cooks ended up going over to Dallas, and Robert Woods is a Texan. I'm kind of feeling this uh, Cooks to Dallas move. 
I'm also liking Mac Hollins in Atlanta where they're kind of wide receiver needy. Dallas needed that run and go get it guy so Lamb can kind of be the underneath guy a little bit more. And I believe that Cooks is going to be exactly what he's been when he's had somebody to throw on the ball on every other team that he's been on. So he's going to be one of the most undervalued wide receivers that, that you can have, especially in redraft. He, the guy's 29 years old, so he's have, he has several more years left. And now he has to have a quarterback that can get on the ball downfield. I can see him putting up a thousand yards and maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight touchdowns this coming season. Cooks is one of those guys that I would attempt to get on the cheap if it were possible. Mac With Mac Hollins, I kind of feel that he's necessary in Atlanta. Kind of the same way that Adam Thielen is going to be necessary with the Panthers. They needed guys and they have a certain skill set. They won't cost you much and they'll have a decent floor. Uh, I like the the Cooks move, especially the compensation. They didn't really give up much to get them. Not at all. I I like that move again. Like you said, Lamb will be able to move around a little more on the inside. But I actually think this move helps a guy like Gallup. I think Gallup gets Mm, a boost as well because he's now he goes back to the third guy. And we see him do better being a third guy, you know, with Amari Cooper there. I think he's fared well better at that spot. So I like that for him. Woods is, you know, he's a good veteran, super good blocker. I think these guys are going to run the ball a good bit in Houston. So they want to bring in a veteran guy who's, you know, good block on the edge. I think that's really what it's all about. Maybe even a money move for him because I don't think his stock is really high as far as on the on the market. So I'm not looking for him to move the needle too crazy. But I just know he's a really good run blocker. Adam Thielen would be a good red zone target if he had anything left in the tank. He's not a three-year okay. deal, but I don't think he's going to have three years in him. You know what I, I'm saying? I, I, th- I think that's a one-year deal <laughs> that was made to give him that veteran scratch on the back, make him feel good. Look right. Good. I don't think I, he's he not be being there for three years. He might nah. not make it through one year. I mean, he stay hurt. So I, yeah. I, I don't. But he's a good red zone target, and, and that's needed. If you're going to bring in a, a young quarterback as well, so but I, I, I mean, and they don't have much of a tight end, so I mean he's he may even be playing a de facto tight end in the red zone. Right. So I, I'm, I like the, I, I like Alan Thielen though. The Hollins deal, it's, it's not really that big of a chain move for me. He's just another guy on the team, just average receivers. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, we'll see uh, Drake London take a leap as far as Atlanta goes. But we have a bit of melancholy news as far as our first tight end that we have to talk about. Foster Moreau, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, has stepped away from the game due to a cancer diagnosis, a Hoskins lymphoma. Prayers up for Foster Moreau. A couple of moves were made because of that. The Raiders brought in both Austin Hooper and they brought in OJ Howard. This is going to be an interesting tight end room. I'm not sure if Austin Hooper or Howard is going to kind of rise to the top or if there may even be a tight end drafted in this, you know, deep tight end type of a draft for that particular position. But what are you seeing as far as their tight ends are concerned so far? Um, You know, blessings to Foster Monroe. Um, It's a sad situation being that you're going just for a physical and they find out something like that. It's going to be tough, maybe a a long road to recovery for him. That being said, I see the Raiders. um, I think those are solid tight ends. I'm not sure how much the tight end is going to be even involved in this offense. Like They have a lot of moving parts on this offense. And I, I really don't like it, to be honest with you. Maybe because of the offense and who the quarterback is. In my opinion, I think all these pass catches on this team take a step back with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't even, Devontae, in my opinion, takes a step back. He's the man, but when have we ever seen Garoppolo really target in on 
one receiver. One thing I will say is this is what makes it tricky. Normally in the New England, and I say New England because McDaniels was, you know, the architect of that offense. Normally we see the slot receiver and the tight end heavily utilized in that offense. However, in this particular situation, your best weapon is your outside receiver. So you kind of have to tailor what you're going to do to your best player, in my humble opinion. So I don't know who they're going to target the most, if that makes sense. Because here's the thing, too. Just because you are the most talented receiver, and this is where I think Adams is going to get, you know, kind of bent out of shape. Just because you're the most talented receiver doesn't mean that you're the guy that Jimmy G is going to target the most. He's notably thrown the ball to tight ends more than, you know, most QBs. So that's why I'm kind of looking at this situation, like maybe the slot receiver and the tight ends, because he does play it so close to the vest. Maybe they're going to kind of have a little bit more consistency, if that makes sense but so who's the slot receiver is it Renfro I honestly think it's Currently. Jacoby Myers I think but it's Jacoby Myers I think that's his job so who's playing on the outside not Renfro I think Jacoby I, played most snaps I don't on the think, outside I don't Renfro, think Renfro's right? gonna have a job nine times out of ten they, they, okay. they may get their other outside receiver on the other side of Adams in the draft um, gotcha. it's a pretty deep wide receiver draft but so Renfro um, is on on watch pretty much Myers can be an outside receiver and that does give you a little bit of flexibility if you have both of them in the offense at the same time if they can't make another move for that outside guy and then you you'll have three very special route runners uh, between Renfro Myers and Adam that can kind of work out well for a guy who doesn't really get the ball all the way down the field and is going to be kind of counting on that yak if you will so that's kind of how I would design things for Jimmy G to succeed and let's be clear this isn't about winning right now in Las Vegas it's about not losing that's the only reason Jimmy G was brought in if he can duplicate what he did in San Fran, which is not very pretty as far as fantasy numbers are concerned, but he was steady, didn't turn the ball over, but they're going to have to increase their defense quite a bit as well, because that's what San Fran had that Las Vegas currently does not. Their offensive weapons are a little bit better as well. So McDaniels has basically, I, I'm thinking about eight weeks to show and prove, or there's going to be an interim coach finishing the season and he's going to be back in New England the year after. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's definitely something to watch. This, this one's gonna be over there. I think Devonta is just, you know, he's accustomed to being the target hog. I really don't know with this quarterback. Dalton Schultz ended up landing with the Texans. We've called their name several times. They feel like they're building the right way. Not, you know, flashy pieces and things of that nature, but their quarterback is really going to tell the tale. Um, Right now, it's looking like the Alabama quarterback, Young, is going to be who they end up with based on Carolina probably taking C.J. Stroud. But I've heard people saying that uh, Anthony Richardson, the the kid from Florida, I've heard people saying that people may take a reach for him at quarterback kind of early. So the draft is going to be fun. I'll say that. But the Texans are kind of attempting to do it the right way. Dalton Schultz will definitely be a nice security blanket for whomever that young quarterback may be. How do we feel about Schultz ending up with Houston? Kind of a surprising move, to be honest with you. I was looking for the Chargers to, to, um, to pick him up, but it's a one-year deal. So, I mean, that's it's, it's a good rollover gamble. He struggled at times last season when Dak was sidelined, you know, so he's definitely likely to be a security blanket for who's ever there, whoever rookie they draft. But I think his fantasy upside takes a hit, kind of going from Dallas to Houston. But he can still hold value, you know, being that a young QB usually leans on that this part. position. You know, and I mean? let's think about it right now. He, he right now, as we as as it stands today, 
is he not their number one receiver essentially? Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I'm okay with that because right now they just have Woods. Woods. Then they got the Rick, uh, the guy from last year, Michi. Is is he? I know um, he, he was. You know, he had cancer. If I'm not mistaken, is he? Is he back? I guess he would be back by season beginning. Okay. Then they got like the other little kids. You know, they all pretty much. Nah, but yeah, so so that's my point. Like out of necessity, he may be one of those guys that is being slept on, but consistency has to be there because there aren't any other pass catchers. Yeah, for sure. Just something to think about. Pretty much wraps up the news and notes. Is there anything else that you can think of I'm missing that happened over the past week that we need to talk about? Hmm, no, not really. Um, it's just the same thing, man. The Lamar. Lamar, Lamar, oh, Odell, Lamar, Hopkins. Right. I think Hopkins, <laughs> right. I, I think Hopkins probably will be moved by weeks in. Um, I heard something saying that they, that was kind of heating up a little bit, but, but I mean, hey, I, I don't know if this is we have multiple offers and we're trying to weigh it out or we don't have many offers at all and we're trying to make people think that we do and, you know, scrounge up a few sparks here to make a fire. But I keep hearing New England's name. I keep hearing Kansas City's name. Who else did I hear? I can't remember the other team, but I know those two teams in particular. I heard a couple of times. Have you heard anything else or as far as rumors or best fits? Everything the same, you know, hearing the same team, the Chiefs, the Ravens, Patriots, things like that. The Ravens, that was the other team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just the same old talk, the same old guys. Nothing really sticking yet. We'll hear definitely something by weeks in because every day there's something new. Somebody's being moved, traded. So. I think it's going to start really heating up as the weeks get close to the draft. And that does it for your news. Let's go ahead and fix the AFC North. All right, good people. So the AFC North, we have the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are going to be fixing the AFC North for you today. Young Vander is going to start out with fixing the Baltimore Ravens. What we got, Vander? Oh, man. This one, man, I mean. <laughs> Kick the whole front office out first, right? <laughs> right, man. The, the, the better, the best fix, number one, would have been definitely uh, bringing back your quarterback. But that seems so unlikely now. He said he's over it. So now you got to move forward. You got a new OC coming in. I'm not sure if they were bringing a veteran quarterback. It's not looking that way. I'm not really okay with Huntley being there as well to lean on, to move forward. Again, I think you heard me say this one time before. I think in this draft, in the later rounds, you can go after Stetson Bennett. He's the Georgia quarterback who, you know, played with this same OC. He's a guy that can step in, know the system right away. Not saying he's ready to be an NFL starter, but I would draft him uh, maybe to be, be a backup to whatever bridge I got coming in. As far as, you know, contractually, a lot of these guys are pretty much locked in and wrapped up, a lot of their main pieces. But this team needs a veteran presence, I think, at wide receiver. They got a lot of guys. I, I think D-Hop would be a good choice. It, it, you need a, you need a knockout, though. I mean, Mike Evans, a D-Hop. Uh, I want to see a big a bigger name here, finally. I agree. Uh, you wide you receiver. want a can't-miss guy, yeah. barring injury. Right. Barring injury, you want a guy that cannot miss. And this team hasn't had that in a while. Um, yeah. and when they, and usually when they do get it, these guys are up in age by the time they get it. You know, we had this discussion a while ago. But it's a new day. It's not that run-heavy team that you're you know, accustomed to. You know, with a, a young Rashad Bateman, uh, Duvernay's not it. Uh, James Prochet's not it. Yeah, Duvernay's you know, more like of a special teams guy. Right. You definitely need some bigger names in there. So I would try to make a move for Mike Evans or D-Hop, you know, trade, something like that. The quarterback situation, again, it's kind of blah. 
go through the draft. I think that first round pick, though, I would definitely work on the secondary. They could very, you know, the back end needs some help. I would draft a DB. And considering where they're picking that and the DB is available, I would probably go after that guy, Branch. I think it's uh, DB Alabama. The Ravens are usually accustomed to getting Alabama players. You know, Ozzy, those are his guys. So I can see the DB from Alabama being there, their first round pick. But it's, this team's pretty locked up. There's not a whole lot they can do. I know I've been screaming his name forever, but Kareem Hunt, that's my guy, man. Like, I just think this yeah. guy can very well be a piece for a number of teams, and this is one of them. Uh, they're not- here's, the, here's the thing with that one, though. I'll say this. They aren't the same Ravens team, hopefully, as they right. were in the past. And what happens, Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they're already – I don't think Kareem Hunt, if it's you know up to him, would go there because it's going to be direct competition with Dobbins. Like, like he's not going to be the guy off top. I, th- I think he would want an opportunity to be the guy. And Dobbins you, is going to be one year more removed from that injury. As you can see, I mean, look at, it, look at how the landscape has been. You got a guy like Montgomery who went somewhere to boom – Devin Singletary, who went somewhere to yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreman, who went somewhere to like everybody's sharing now. Yeah, sharing that's, the true. that's uh, true. So I think he's going to fall in line with that. I know he want to be the soul guy, be the man. You know why I think he can be the soul guy? Arizona. But Connor's there. But I don't think he has to be. I think he could be a cap casualty based on what they have to pay him. I, I would let Connor go. Hunt is a better version of what Connor can do for you. In my humble opinion, no, I mean, Hunt is better than Connor, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but at the yeah, same time, like, and do you still have the guy, Keontae Ingram, who's there? I just think that, like, but but th- I would like that one too more than any of the other one twos, as far as Hunt being the the lead guy. Right, I think he can go to Baltimore and and, and leapfrog these guys. To be honest with you, I think he's a better talent than than uh, oh, no, Dobbins and Edwards. I just wouldn't like the timeshare there. I think if he was in mm-hmm. Arizona and Keontae Ingram is his backup, yeah. that's closer to a bell cow than it is a 1A1B. I think with the Ravens, it's a 1A1B. I, I dig that. What quarterbacks are really available at this time and period? You know what I mean? Quarterbacks? Um, you got, maybe Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you can sneak yeah. away. No. Because yeah. I, I don't think the Titans really want him. They just don't have a better option in the moment. He's not it. Other than if you're looking in the draft, there isn't anybody left. Right. Everybody's I mean, going somewhere. Unless you're trying to trade for somebody. I mean, can you think of somebody that might be available? I mean, you got the top guys. I mean, of course, Lamar's at the top of the list. Correct. You got, you right. got guys like uh, Andy Dalton out there. No, the he Andy signed Dalton. with the Panthers. He signed a two, Andy two year, the Panthers. one year, two year. Yeah, okay. one, one or two year deal with the Panthers. So everybody's pretty much... Hell, go unless you're gonna beg Tom Brady to come out of retirement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at this point, hell, Cam Newton, I guess. I mean, this might be your squad. This is horrible, though. I, I would saying? run with uh, Huntley before. I mean, Huntley is their best option if Lamar don't come, or or for that matter, if you get in two ones, whatever rookie you can draft um, with the one and, that you get. And that's the thing. The one that's high enough. I would I would honestly try to negotiate a better deal because they still have the option to negotiate a deal that doesn't involve right. two ones. But try to right. negotiate a deal with one of these teams at the top and, and maybe just get the one, right? And then you can I'm get like I'm a... at Houston all day. Like, they, yeah. they got multiple ones. I'll take the 12. I'll take the 12 and sit. Well, you I, think... I would try to finagle the two, but I'll take the 12. But even sitting at 12, though, all the good, all the top guys could be very well be gone by 12. They could, but I can make a move with the 12 to get high enough to get one of those four or five guys. 
if, if I have like uh, a guy that I have in mind, but then I'm going to still have, like you've been saying, for this particular team, I'm going to still have Bennett waiting in the wings as my, you know, backup anyway. That That's probably fifth rounder maybe. I, I, I might go around early just because I need him specifically for a reason, regardless right. of whether or not he's a starter, if that right. makes sense. And this he actually hasn't thrown bad. He's actually played really well, like as far as, you know, um, uh, you know, a combine things like that. You know, throwing the ball around like he's been throwing the ball very well. I can so. see him being like a Purdy type dude for real, for real. Yeah, I, I think people are sleeping on him. I think you know the Levies and all these different guys are being called before him, but I think people are really sleep on the talent of of uh, Bennett. But again, get you a big time receiver, quarterback situation. We talked about that. Draft a DB early in the draft. Try to bring in one of these one year running backs because we've seen they they need they need some help there. A lot of injuries. It's been a carousel in the backfield, so it's time to bring in somebody that's going to be a little more have more, a little more stable, right? Yeah, I can definitely see that. A great job on the Baltimore Ravens. I will attempt to do the same with the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's talk about what we do have with the Bengals. There's no need for wide receiver unless Chase ends up getting suspended. Um, but if, even if that's the case, Tritton Irwin, you know, he showed improved when he needed to. So I think they're good at receiver. Now, they just made a move for Orlando Brown Jr., who's going to be the left tackle there. So one of the first moves that I have to make now as a bingo is kind of massaging one of my guys and hoping that I can get Jonah Williams to want to stay and play right tackle. Here's the issue. It's not about pride of, well, it could be a little bit about pride of position, but left tackle gets paid a whole hell of a lot more than right tackle. So if Jonah Williams chooses to stick around, which he has already asked for a trade, but um, if he does choose to stick around his next contract, he may be looked at as a right tackle, which can cost him money. So my first order of business is kind of, you know, letting Williams know we're going to take care of him. And regardless of whether he's a left tackle or a right tackle, he's our tackle and we want to keep him in the building. That's going to kind of sew up their line, if you will. They have several other guys that they've brought in over the last couple of years to try to keep one Mr. Joe Burrow upright and breathing. So that's another position that they don't have to worry about there at quarterback. Now, a couple of positions where it's going to be kind of interesting what happens. We definitely need a tight end. Uh, right now, the number one tight end is Devin Asiasi, who was the reject from the Patriots. They drafted him in the like second or third round like several years ago. He never came out to be much of anything but we're definitely going to need a tight end and luckily this is a very deep tight end draft so they did go ahead and let Hayden Hurst go who also became a Panther I love the fact that this is a very deep tight end draft and normally we can kind of finagle it where we don't have to spend too high as far as tight end is concerned and still get a guy that would have otherwise been drafted a little bit higher if there weren't so many tight ends if that makes sense the position that is kind of intriguing me is the running back position the scuttlebutt of Joe Mixon getting cut or traded has died down quite a bit so I'm kind of thinking that he's 
going to end up remaining there, which they have a, a three down guy. Trayvon Williams is backing him up, followed by Chris Evans. So if nothing happens there, as far as Joe Mixon is concerned, I don't think they really need much. The hole that P. Ryan left when leaving and going over to Denver isn't that big of a hole to fill um, based on the road that he had, as long as Joe Mixon is healthy. And if anything, the, the mud kind of being put on Joe Mixon's name may make him a little bit more lackluster in the fantasy realm, if that makes sense. So he may go a little bit lower than he should. Um, his role may actually increase based on who's behind him now. But I can also see them getting a running back a little bit later on in the draft because you can kind of get them pretty late and they still be more than serviceable running backs. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, a little bit of work to do. We definitely want to look at getting maybe a guy or two in that secondary. It doesn't really matter. I, I would say it doesn't really matter where you start. You probably want to go ahead and start at corner, get that sewed up. But if you can get a little bit more value at the safety position, I don't have a problem going that way. They're decent on the defensive line with uh, DJ Reader. I mean, then you have uh, BJ Hill and uh, Sam Hubbard out there as well, Trey Hendrickson. So they're, they're pretty good on the line. I can see them taking a linebacker or two or maybe getting a couple of guys that end up getting cut before or after the draft. They're going to be several June 1 cuts as well where teams can kind of save a little bit more money if that cut is made on June 1st. So we'll kind of see another wave after the draft um, in free agency when those cuts happen. But there's not a whole lot to fix on this team. Just a few holes to fill, and then I think they can actually get over the hump and possibly represent in the Super Bowl yet again because they are young. The main thing that they needed to fix was the O-line, and I'm telling you, Orlando Brown Jr., barring health, he's going to be you know, the cure for what ails them there. And if they can keep Jonah Williams in the building – or if you end up having to trade them and you can get some pretty good draft capital for this coming draft, I mean, that, that could end up working out. Williams is under contract. So although disgruntled, unless they can get something that they actually want for him, I don't necessarily see him. I don't see them kind of just sending him on up the road just because he's disgruntled and unless he starts to attempt to sabotage but you don't want that on tape either uh, so tell me where i went wrong anything else that you would do differently or anything that you would add as far as cincinnati's concerned no i just want to ask you a question so what as far sure. as so you would keep joe mixon considering all things considered well the thing about mixon is on the field i haven't had any issues with and as far as legal issues are concerned we've heard several rumors we've heard several you know circumstances but nothing has come about so there hasn't been enough evidence to make any moves i think this can affect the contract going forward but i mean if there wasn't enough evidence for the law to make a move on the circumstances, I don't know that I'm just going to spite drop them if I'm Cincinnati, if that makes sense. But again, if there's a trade out there that makes sense, there's a lot of running backs in this draft. Maybe Seattle's one of the teams that throws their, you know, hat in the ring for a, a Bijan. You know, everybody wants Bijan, you know, but maybe depending on what you can get for a Joe Mixon and, you know, you package up one of your other picks or something and, and maybe you can kind of make something shake. But who knows? But Joe Mixon isn't a bad football player. He just keeps finding himself in situations that he should uh, try to avoid like the plague. I got you. I'm cool with it. Everything seems pretty.
decent. All right. So next up, we have the Cleveland Browns. What are we going to do to fix the Cleveland Browns, man? Well, I mean, considering they already made some moves to fix some holes, this team needed another wide receiver. We've seen them added one and McCole Hartman. He's now on the team. Uh, no, McCole Hartman. Elijah Moore. Uh, we've seen them added one and Elijah Moore. was a really good receiver. This is one of the worst middles in the league as far as interior. And we've seen the likes of Dalvin Tomlinson, who came aboard. I would like to see this team get a, another pass rusher, to, a bookend, put with Miles Garrett. They've been playing the clowny carousel for a couple of years now, trying to find that spot, and he hasn't been able to fulfill that. They definitely need somebody to get some pressure on the outside away from uh, Miles Garrett. Tight end position, I love it. David Njoko, he's back. Offensively, I don't think there's much need to be done on this team offensively. Defensively, again, I would like to see this team, I don't know, man. Moving don't forward, they seem pretty locked in? It's hard to find. At this point, though, I was just, you need depth, right? Right, right. Because the know, injury is what derails them, for real. For right. Real. Yeah. So, you know, just like, you know, the Eagles added in Dominican Sue, they added Levon Joseph. Those are the kind of moves this team need to make moving forward now. It's all about getting those veterans, those one-year contracts, and adding more depth. And definitely defensive line depth. I would like to see them even go after the likes of the suit. Go after the likes of LeVon Joseph. Uh, those guys are those one-year deals and, and bring them in the fold. But again, another rush in. They don't have any draft picks high due to, I guess, the Deshaun Watson move. But uh, pass rush, man. Pass rush and defensive line will help. Everything else, I think their you know, their safeties haven't really been playing the best. They haven't really lived up to the billing of the Thornhill and Delpit, but they're, they're decent guys, and you may have to give it another year and see how that goes. And a second, uh, and, and also, I, and Denzel Ward, I mean, he's there. Right. That's good. And, like, and he, he's a guy that's been often injured. So that's another position that, you know, that uh, the secondary in general, they may want to have some backups that will, you know, worth their salt because that's when they normally start messing up, in that division especially. I like it. I mean, I'm not mad at anything they have left on this team. Everything looks good. Defensive help. I mean, defensive line is is really the thing I would go after the free agency. This, this team is pretty much intact. There's not a lot need to be done. They got to win some games. Get quarterback play. That's all they need to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, Deshaun and, and return I think to the Deshaun of old. That's what I was about to say. With the amount of time that he'll have between the offseason and kind of brushing up a little bit the end of last season, I think we'll see something closer to his average, if that makes sense. He he definitely don't have a lack of weapons, so he won't have an excuse there. It's not the Texans cupboard. This this is a, a mansion with a basically a pantry the size of a person's house as far as weapons is concerned in comparison to the Texans where he came from. No excuses for Watson this year. Lastly, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is a team that's it's it's very interesting because it feels like they have most of the pieces, barring injury, which we always say, but and that's on both sides of the ball. But at quarterback is the most important one because if Kenny Pickett doesn't take that, you know, second year leap or that second year step up, it's gonna cause issues for everyone else. And I feel that the others do have the talent. But it's just not it's not going to click unless Kenny Pickett can kind of increase his level of play. So you got Deontay Johnson, you got George Pickens. We didn't see Calvin Austin last year. He was the rookie that was kind of standing out in many camps and things of that nature, but he got hurt. We should see a little bit more or a whole lot more of him. Um, he's already top of the depth chart as far as the slot receiver is concerned. The only thing that was kind of keeping him out of that last year was injury. My question to you, do you 
you think that Kenny Pickett has it in him to take that leap? And if he doesn't take a leap this year, is it just not in him to do? Or he just needs a little bit more time? And because it's Pittsburgh, they're not going to get rid of him anytime soon. How are we going to be looking at Kenny Pickett going into the year? Uh Man, I mean, you know, in the offseason, it was uh, in preseason, it was like, oh, you know, pick it, this guy, da 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 da. And then once we got in the season, it was just like, man, this guy didn't look too good. Didn't look any better than Trubisky. But Facts. maybe, you know, the whole offseason is still there as well. Right. He got the weapons, man. He got some really good weapons. Najee Harris. That's the thing. Hopefully he'll come back, you know, from his injury riddle. Yeah, hell, um, again, another one of those dudes. Right. They had the receiving core. Calvin Austin, he missed the whole season. This is a nice, this is a nice nucleus that he has here. Pat Fryer moved like he's going to be a beast. And, and that's, like, like, you know, the yeah. young quarterback's best friend. So. Right. Like, offensively, it's there. But it's up to him to, you know, succeed when it comes to that. Uh, defensively, looking at this team, they did sign Pat Peterson, like you said, um, a veteran move. They got uh, – TJ Watt, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, him and Cameron Hayward. Cam Hayward, yep. They they there for the ride. I was still like to see them get up. There's another one that's, you know, it's so much barring health on this team. They actually have a stout. Mika Fitzpatrick went out. They got the guys. Are they going to stay healthy? Like their defense went from being one of the best to one of the worst just due to health. Everybody got hurt at the same time. Yeah, their coach, man, he, he did a great job with what he was given. Facts. You know, as far as, you know, the health and everything. Shout like out that. to your cousin. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Tomlin. But he, uh, I think they got it. I think this team got a, I'm not saying Super Bowl, you know, ready, but they have a, a team that's going to be a hard out for anybody in the AFC especially if their defensive line is healthy with uh, Hayward and White. But I would still like to see them get one more guy as far as defensively, another pass rusher, somebody that can move along the lines a little bit. I would like to see them get, honestly, be honest with you, J.J. White. I was thinking that he may want to go out, play a year with his brother, then they'll play together. Okay. Well, if he doesn't unretire, can I interest you in a Jadavian Clowney? He's a mercenary for hire. Give him a one he year. He is, deal. but he's going to be a lot more expensive, too. He still feel like he just, Davion said, thank you, somebody. Because people keep paying him. You know what so, I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> and, I and mean, with JJ, I like JJ because he can move inside and out. Yeah, but I mean, but what about the guys that are currently out there that aren't, you know, indicating at least that they're done? Like as far as like with JJ, he said he, he said he's done. So I'm saying yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as guys that are at least currently, as we know today, available. Uh, free agent. That's a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm just throwing JJ out there because, you know, the, the relationship. Or is this a position important enough that, that we might even want to look at making a trade for? You're talking about trade for some, like them making oh, a trade. And I got it. I got it. I got it. <clears throat> Ain't Bud Dupree still free? Go back home. Tennessee cut him. Yeah. Go on back home. Yeah. Why not? Here's the thing. Whatever money you're going to get, you're going to get from whatever team that, like, you can't go back to Pittsburgh and demand the money that you demanded from Tennessee because you're not going to be able to get that kind of money on the open market in general. Mm-hmm. So at least go back and repair your career, even if only for a year, and then go back out and try to get paid based on what you already know you're going to look like in that defense. So, I like a guy like um, Yannick, you know, in Nakwe. In Guacqua, yeah. Yeah, you he's know, available. Yeah, someone like him as well. Like, I, I just don't want to see somebody on that defensive end. They did sign a guy, Ogan Joby. They signed him back. He's a defensive tackle. He's solid. 
But I like to see somebody else on the other end to give a pass rush and also can play the run for this defensive line. Uh, they did let go. What's the linebacker that used to play for Jacksonville? They have on the team. I know Jacksonville let go. Uh, oh, no. um, Miles Jack. They, yeah, they let go of Miles Jack. Yeah, he's no longer I thought there. he was going to be much better there, but didn't he get injured too or something like that? I'm I want to sure. say he got hurt too, but yeah, I, I thought he was going to be a great fit for that team. But yeah, he ended up getting cut too. But it's all up to pick it, man. It's all up to pick it. Man, I, I really hope he takes that second year elite because this team could be ready to rock. We know they have the coaching. Again, barring injury, they have the defense. They got what it's going to take. So we've had a couple of things go down that we can kind of talk about a little bit. Now we're going to do a quick little segment of Tales from a Dynasty. All right, all right. So Tales from a Dynasty, this is going to be real quick, but we've had a few things happen in the listener league that we started as far as the Dynasty is concerned. Several trades have gone down, and we won't talk about necessarily the particular trades that have gone down, uh, but I do want to talk about things to look for, particularly in a startup dynasty. When looking for trade partners, when looking for pieces to move, when looking for pieces to go after. So both of us have made several moves as far as that's concerned in this startup dynasty. I kind of want to get a perspective, if you will, and give that perspective to our listeners, what you're attempting to build, how you're attempting to build it, and how you go about making trades to kind of bring that vision to fruition, if that makes sense. And I'll kind of give my assessment on the same thing. But go ahead and hit the listeners off with your interpretation of the situation, man. Well, the team I have currently constructed, I did go running back heavy early in my draft. With that being said, I really want to, since it's a dynasty league, I want to have the best of the old and the best of the young. That makes sense. Right. Um, You know, on my team. So I did have McCaffrey, Saquon, which would be the best of the old. I had Javonta Williams, Kendall Walker would be the best of the young. Some, you know, I'm not saying they're the complete best, but you know, some of the best of the young. I just made a move with Saquon. I traded him for the very first overall pick. Of course, that first overall pick would be another young. You know, it's in my eyes, I see trading him for the first would be getting a younger version of Saquon. So I'm probably going like four or five years younger. Well, I think I can get the same production for that position. So you definitely just want to have more of a balance because if you get a lot of these guys, and you can make a run right away and try to win the championship the first year, have a lot of good old veterans on your team. But then as the years go by, you'll be at the very back for a long time trying to rebuild. So I definitely want to have a balance of, you know, older guys and also younger guys. So when older guys are leaving, I have the younger guys coming in. And by that time, I have a whole nother farm of younger guys coming behind them. But that's really it. So I did the same thing as far as wide receivers and also my running backs. That was my vision in this in this uh, lead. I definitely see the direction that you're taking. My thing was I wanted to make sure I had a stable of running backs, kind of the same as you're saying, that were either young and really good, or if they're, you know, your elder statesmen, but still at the top of their game. I kind of wanted to look at that same type of a situation, both that running back and that wide receiver. And that's also, in my opinion, the best way to have value that you can trade both now and within the next year or two. So if you have guys along the lines of like a Stefan Diggs, like I do, 
or if you have guys along the lines like a Derrick Henry who are a little bit long in the tooth per se, but but because they're currently at the top of their game, they still can help you win a championship year one, and they aren't going to lose much value barring, you know, some type of a significant injury or something like, you know, career altering type of a situation. They're going to have that trade value as well if the right partner comes along. As far as running back is concerned, uh, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor made a trade for Jamal Williams, got Kareem Hunt trying to figure out where he's going to end up going. Harris is now in a much better situation. I took a flyer on James Robinson. He ended up in New England. So we'll see how that works out. But more than anything, I want to have guys who, if I do have to replace someone, hopefully I'm not losing a whole lot at that position. I want guys that a minimum of two to three years left at their prime or minimally giving me pretty good production. So that way I don't have to make any rash moves at the moment. But as people, you know, ask for certain players, I can make the moves that kind of makes the most sense for my team. The one thing that I would say as far as trading is concerned in a dynasty, just keep in mind that tomorrow does come. And unless we're talking in the season trade deadline coming and now one of my top guys is going and I'm I was in position for a championship, unless it's that deep, find the right fit. Like don't don't try to, you know, force the situation is 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 my greatest advice. But also, secondly and just as importantly, I would say understand that just because someone drafted them doesn't mean that they actually know the value of who they have or that they particularly have any sort of an attachment to that particular person. So it may be a guy that they just don't care one way about or another, but you understand the value there. And for them, that guy may just be a throw in understand how each league mate feels about the people on their team. And in many cases, you might literally just want to go team to team asking for people who are undervalued by the owner, but you're willing to give them what they feel that person is worth. Although in your mind, they're a little bit more valuable than that. With Dynasty, incremental increase is everything you'll find yourself putting one foot in front of the other, one block on top of the next. And then before you know it, you've legit built a dynasty. That's the whole point of this thing. Keep the long and short-term goals in mind and everything will work out. Anything else you want to add, Vander? I agree with you. You know, you think long-term and short-term. And that's what the team is about, trying to get the best of the long and the best of the short. And also, when you do have the shorter guys, you do want to get the valuable guys with the bigger names because uh, when it's all said and done, when they may have a year or two left in the tank, those will be the same guys you can move for those higher draft picks to get Absolutely. the other guys <laughs> you know, coming behind, right behind them. So that's, that's the way I look at it. Everybody knows, you know, running backs, people want to say the magic number is 30. You know, look to trade maybe when these guys get 28 years old. You know what I mean? That's probably a good time to look. You know, look elsewhere at 27, 28 years old. But wide receivers is a little bit longer for me. Uh, my magic number for a wide receiver is probably like 33. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like that magic number. So it's trading a guy, maybe he's 31. It'd be cool. You know, the big name guys. Say, for instance, like a guy like D Hop, who's 30, who still has value, you know, who still can move the needle for some people to see that name. You know, these are guys you could probably move and get higher, even first round draft picks for to get to the stars of tomorrow. That's the way I view it. And that about wraps it up for this week. Next week, we will wrap up the Fix It series with the AFC South. But for today, we out.